Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast for the foreign policy and global development communities and anyone who wants a deeper understanding of what is driving events in the world today. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. Enjoy the show. It was 7 p.m. Ukraine time on the evening of Friday, February 25th, when I caught up with my guest today, journalist Katya Bruno. She had recently arrived in Lviv, a city in western Ukraine, not far from the Polish border. She was there to report and bear witness to the growing refugee and displacement crisis caused by the Russian attack on Ukraine, which began three days prior. By the time you listen to this episode, the situation on the ground in Ukraine and internationally will certainly have changed from the time that Katya Bruno and I spoke. Still, this conversation provides a valuable and frankly heart-wrenching perspective on the choices facing Ukrainians as many seek to leave the country while others are forced to remain. The UN Refugee Agency has already reported 50,000 people fleeing from Ukraine to neighboring countries, mostly Poland and Moldova. This number will likely increase dramatically, and many are expecting the worst refugee crisis in Europe since the Second World War. And I am profoundly thankful to Katya Bruno for speaking with me from Ukraine at the start of this crisis. Uh, This is obviously very uh, disturbing, disorienting, and dangerous times uh, that we are are all living in now because of this Russian attack on Ukraine. I'm hearing from many of you how it's affecting you, either emotionally or personally. Uh, Just know that you are not alone, and uh, I personally will do my best to keep you informed and updated and give you the perspective you need to better understand uh, this crisis as it unfolds in the coming days and weeks and months. And do feel free to reach out at any time. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mark L. Goldberg or email me using the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. All right now, here is my conversation with Katya Bruno, live from Lviv, Ukraine. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Hi, Mark. Um, you're reaching me uh, in Lviv. I'm in, in Lviv right now, um, currently in, in the hotel lobby. Um, we've been out reporting during the day, me and my, my colleague, who's a photojournalist. Uh, we have, I, I mean, I will introduce myself first, of course. My name is, is Katya Bruno. I'm a, a 31 year old journalist. I write about foreign affairs for 
uh, a digital Portuguese newspaper who is, which is very much focused on long form. And we also have a, a radio service. So we are also trying to, to do uh, two daily updates uh, on the situation for our radio service. You arrived in Lviv yesterday. Uh, yes. Can you describe the, the, the scene yesterday, the last 24 hours since you've been in Lviv? Yes, so we we entered um, the 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 border through Poland uh, by car, and as soon as we left the, the the border premises, we started to see the big big line of cars waiting to cross to Poland, and this was miles and miles of, of cars just um, stopped by by the, the the side of the road waiting to to move forward. And um, as we moved uh, along, we ran into a, a checkpoint that was being monitored by, by the Ukrainian army. And uh, um, we got the feeling they were asking IDs uh, for everyone. So we got the feeling that due to martial law, they were not allowing men to cross anymore. And so that meant that as when we got further and further into Lviv, sometimes we would find like one guy or a couple of guys walking back to the view. So I think that gives a, a real uh, sense of how there are a lot of people trying to, to leave the city. Um, many from Lviv, but not only. People are coming from other parts of, of Ukraine to, to Lviv and then to try to get to Poland. And the situation is one where almost every man cannot go through. And so we end up with only women and children. Um, so, so, so just to be clear, the Ukrainian military is preventing Ukrainian men of like fighting age, presumably, from yes. leaving Ukraine. Yes. From 18-year-olds to 60-year-olds, um, due to martial law, they have to be on the country ready in case they are called to fight. Hmm. Did you speak uh, to, to any of those men? Or have you encountered any of those men? In your reporting yet? I, I did talk to to a couple today uh, who were in the train station um, waiting for the train to take their, their wives and, and their kids. Um, one of them was still trying to reach the border and see if he can go through. Uh, the other one wasn't. He was ready to say goodbye to his wife and his three children um, and stay here. And that was a particular particularly moving story because um, his wife was here in Lviv due to a, a, a work a travel and he was in Kiev with their children and when the situation got crazy yesterday he just hopped on the car and came to meet her here in Lviv and then he will he let his wife and kids go to Poland and he will stay and wait to be called for for the front line pretty much. So the the women and the children who are headed to Poland, and and just to be clear, to situate uh, listeners geographically, Lviv is not far mm-hmm. from, from Poland. It's well, no, like no, no, not if, if there's no traffic, it's, it's, what, like it's a half hour, forty five minute drive. No, it's it's a bit further away because mm-hmm. um, you still have to, a, a bit of a distance between Lviv and the actual border, but it's pretty much a. a Less than it's like one one and a half hour tops mm. if there are no traffic if there is no traffic which currently is a lot longer because the line of cars is is just huge. So the the women and children that you spoke with who are headed to Lviv uh, or pardon me who are headed to Poland from Lviv mm-hmm. 
did they have like a plan? Do they have friends in Poland? Like where do they intend to stay? Do they have any sort of idea of what their, mm-hmm. you know, next 24, 48 hours will look like? There are very different uh, stories. Some people have family and friends um, who live in Poland and will meet them there. Others even have family and friends from outside Poland in other EU countries that will try to travel to Poland to meet them. Others are going completely on their own. Um, others are are in a situation where they have no idea where they will be in the next two hours. They have all their belongings in one, two, three suitcases tops. Um, they they stress how they left their house, they left their cars, they left their parents, and um, they're just going with, with their children um, into complete uncertainty. Uh, I know that you entered from Poland, headed to Lviv uh, just yesterday, but do you have a sense at all of what you know, the, the situation is at the border, like how Polish uh, authorities are, are processing these refugees? I haven't been able to see that, that side of the border, but uh, from what I've been reading and, and contacting with, with other journalists who, who are around here, they tell me, and, and this is not only happening in Poland, in, in Romania as well, um, there is a lot of... Um, of uh, creative ways that people who live there are trying to implement to help the refugees that come. So we have improvised kitchens with hot meals. We have uh, improvised beds where, where they can spend the night uh, in, a, in a heated place. Um, but I have no idea if there is enough capacity for the amount of people that is trying to cross right now. And I know the, the Polish government seems to, to be involved in that and they, they seem to want to to put up a, a, a system and, and to get refugees, but I I don't know if if the capacity right now is there to the amount of people who are trying to cross because we are talking of real exodus, not just from Lviv, from the whole Ukraine, and then many many people coming from Kiev in the last few days uh, who are doing a, a what used to be a six hour drive in twenty hours, thirty hours inside a car to get to Lviv and to get to Poland. So, can you sort of describe? Is Lviv is in, of course, in, in western Ukraine. Uh, has it come under direct attack yet? We are not sure yet because um, as soon as we we arrived, um, it was four a.m. last night. We heard um, a couple of sounds that looked like explosions far away, and then we heard the siren going off. Um, and then that, that, the siren sound went on, uh, through the night sometimes. And today, during the day, we also heard sirens two times. Uh, the rumor, what people have been saying over here is that there was an attack on military facilities outside of, of the, the, the city of Lviv. So in the region. Um, but there are also reports online that tend to, to say that the, the, the Ukraine military was able to sustain um, attacks, uh, air attacks. So um, the situation is very fluid. We don't know for sure, and I don't think anyone here knows for sure, if Lviv is also under attack or if there were just attempts that failed, if it's a, a small minimum thing or if it's just a big confusion and, and so far um, there are no Russian troops uh, trying to... to 
to bomb uh, Lviv. So everyone is is quite scared. I think in the last um, like today was the first day over here that people really really got scared, and um, because there was a feeling that Lviv, considering how close to to the, the Polish border is, uh, there was a feeling Lviv might might be safer safer. Um, because it would be too close to a NATO border for Russia to attempt something. And with the sirens going on and with the uncertainty of what that means, um, I think people are becoming um, much more scared and waiting to see how it goes tonight. There was a, a curfew imposed for tonight. So after 10 p.m., no one can be outside. Um, we will see what happens tonight. I think no one will sleep, probably. Uh, are there any sort of conversations you've had or things you've witnessed in, in your 24 hours in, in Lviv that are sort of illustrative of that kind of sense of, of fear and foreboding that you just described? Yes. Uh, when you when when we as, as reporters uh, approach people, there is at first a big suspicion on uh, who we are, if are we real journalists, uh, what are we, what do we want from them? And then, of course, we, we show our IDs and our passports if needed, and and people then tend to to open up and, and be more relaxed. So there there is a sense of of distrust of of stranger people that might approach them. Um, I think people possibly think there might be connections either to Russian media or other types of Russian presence in, in the region. Um, and then when people do trust you and realize you are a real journalist and end up talking with you, they, they start by being very calm, quiet, collected. But then in a, in a few seconds after talking, they usually start to cry in very, very quickly. And they start to, to, collapse emotionally quite quickly um, because they are definitely scared and either planning to leave or instead deciding that they will stay to fight whatever comes. And in that case, many people say things like being prepared to face whatever it might happen. Have you encountered people who have decided women and children and not men, entire families say mm-hmm. who have decided have opted to, to, to stay as opposed to try to leave. Not, not uh, whole families, not yet. Uh, met some men in that situation. I've met some women, uh, single women in that situation. Um, I mean, I, I spoke to a woman today who is from Kiev. She was here in Lvov also in a, in a, a work trip and suddenly got stuck here. And, and she said, I will have to go back to Kiev because my whole family is there. My father is there. He's in a, in a, in a nursing home. There's no way he will get out. So I have to go back to his side. I, I, I won't go anywhere. It's just a matter of when will I be able to, to travel to Kiev. I will wait to see if things um, calm down and, uh, and then get on and go there because it's my home. I'm not leaving my home. Well, and I just have to imagine if you have so many people fleeing Kiev, headed to Lviv, then then like just the the amount of, of just humanity, just the number of people around Lviv must be sort of swelling at the moment. Where are people staying? Where are people sheltering? Absolutely. Uh, when we uh, arrived last night, we were trying to call frantically every single place we could stay. No one would have us. The city was completely booked. 
full, completely full. We just headed straight to a hotel, asked to spend the night in the lobby. That's what we did this night. A very, very kind manager let us in and, and gave us water, food, and told us we could sleep here on the couches. And so I think people are mainly improvising and many people are trying to connect friends with their families and try to help if, see if people can host them um, just to, to manage um, to spend the evening and then continue the trip tomorrow to the border. And um, I, I believe many people right now are sleeping in their own cars and at the border, just trying to get there. And, and so, Katya, we're speaking, I uh, just, uh, I guess, a couple hours before that 10 p.m. curfew. Um, what are your plans for reporting, you know, in the coming days uh, from Lviv? Or do, you, do you plan to go elsewhere, if you're comfortable speaking about that? We're, we're completely doing it um, hour by hour to decide. We know for sure we will stay tonight here in Lviv. Um, we plan on, on tomorrow on going to see the situation at the border. Um, the, the land border and, uh, and then we are still waiting to see. We have a few meetings and interviews, um, prearranged, um, in the city tomorrow in the afternoon. And then we don't know yet. I mean, of course, the, the, the situation that is, is the most tragic right now is Kiev, but we, we believe it, it is too dangerous right now, too dangerous right now to go there. Um, there's a risk. We might even get in, not get in. And if we do, there's a risk the city can be held um, for quite some time and no one will be able to leave. So we are still waiting to check if we're staying in Lviv, if we're visiting villages nearby. That's also a possibility. Um, I know some people who, who, who are with their parents in, in nearby villages, so there might be a, a, a shot of going there. But we are really, really taking it hour by hour because the situation is very fluid. And I guess it really depends on this evening um, if there are sirens going on and possible airstrikes. That's the situation. If that not, does not happen, then I think it means Lviv is quieter and calmer than um, we anticipate. So we have to wait and see. Katya, is, is there anything else you'd want to add and any points you'd want to make, uh, you know, questions I didn't ask that you'd want to, to address? Well, uh, one point I wanted to make is that um, lot, a lot of the people I've talked to um, feel feel strongly, very strongly let down by the West. Um, there is a feeling that uh, we've been warning you that Putin's Russia was uh, a danger to our security. That's why we wanted to enter NATO. You didn't let us, but then you also didn't um, manage to protect us in other ways. And people feel very let down uh, because they feel they have been held as pawns um, and just and that the West has just let Ukraine fall. Uh, well, well, Katya, thank you so much for your time and for your reporting. I look forward to following your reporting uh, for the next you know, several days and, and throughout this crisis. Thank you. Thank you. And, and keep up the good work, Mark. All right. Thank you all for listening. Huge thank you to Katya Bruno for speaking with me on such short notice. We caught up on Twitter spaces, and uh, I took some questions from the audience afterwards, though she had to, to go and do her a radio spot. 
Uh, I will continue to, to do these uh, Twitter spaces as events unfold in Ukraine and beyond. So please do join me at Mark L. Goldberg uh, whenever you are able. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye.